The holiday season's off and rolling, and with the NFL in full stride and the NBA and NHL just hitting midseason form, Bet Online is your number one destination for all sports info. And of course, you have the college football championships coming up at the end of the month, beginning of January. So there's something to look forward to for that as well. With up to the minute sports wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions, Bet Online is the top spot for everything pro and amateur sports. And not just for the big four. Bet Online has information available at your fingertips with both desktop and mobile access at any time for almost any sport that is played from MMA to international soccer. Head to BetOnline today, and remember to use our promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, for your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, everybody, welcome to another episode of the Motor City Metrics podcast here as simulcasting both on Tiger Mind Report and our channel. I'm Rohel Xilong, because is Cameron, and it looks like it's just going to be the two of us this evening as Uper is watching football, watching the Packers play the the Chiefs. I think the Packers were up, right, Cameron? Uh, Yep, uh, 14-6. And Chris got called for away for emergency, so he's fixing a furnace right now as we speak in White Lake. <laughs> yeah. Uper was like, yeah, I mean, the Packers will probably get beat pretty badly, so uh, I'll probably be able to join. And then now they're winning 14-6 at almost half, so. Yeah. Good for the Packers, I guess. Yeah, good for the Packers. They, yeah, love showing that he's actually a legitimate quarterback. But plenty to get to this evening. Plenty, plenty to get to as Jim Leland is now going into the Hall of Fame. He's got one of the most epic rants we'll probably play in here in just a few. We're going to talk about A.J. Hinch, Saint for a 1,000 wins for the Tigers. He is a University of Michigan fan. We'll get to see why. And we get some. I'll also have some audio and video from the Kenta Maeda interview, or excuse me, the press conference that he did. So, but yeah, Jim Leland, that is a huge congratulations to him. It's a well deserved honor, and it's one of those things where, you know, Cameron, I, I, there was a Lucido Gaston in there. There was a couple other guys who deserve it, but Leland has definitely his impact. I mean, he's the same guy who was able to shut down Barry Bonds. I mean, he's handled a lot of superstars in his lifetime. Yeah. Um, first off, I'm disappointed that Lupinello didn't get in. Um, I think Lou and Jim should both be in. But, uh, I mean, Jim's deserving. He's uh, You can't tell the story of baseball managers without uh, mentioning Jim. I mean, the Pirates haven't sniffed the postseason. Well, sorry, they haven't sniffed the World Series since Jim Leland was manager. And then all the personalities he was able to manage throughout his career. I mean, I mean, he's one of the best. Yeah, no, he is one of the best. And this is probably, I mean, outside of, there's a lot of things that Jim Leland does very well. And I got a chance to talk to him in spring training. Yeah. So, so where, where are you from? And I said, let's take my report. And this is during when the Tigers took on Tampa or excuse me, in Tampa against the Yankees. And it was just like, Oh, sounds good. Congratulations. So, like I said, running, seeing him all the time in Toledo as a as just getting there, complaining about Matt Manning not throwing his fast slider enough, and of course, this is what I wanted to play because this needs to be heard. Uh, a warning: there is swearing, so if you cannot handle swearing, then I'm sorry, but I'm just giving you a heads up. There's swearing in this rant. You've been warned. Turn away. 
So there's a few things there. I think that's uh, right after Barry Bonds was coming off his uh, MVP season. So imagine laying it on thick to your MVP, <laughs> Barry Bonds. And then uh, and then it's not like Barry Bonds disrespected Jim Leland. He disrespected Bill, Bill, Bill Verdon, I think. Yeah, that's correct. And, yeah. And, and it was Jim sticking up for another coach. It's not. He wasn't even disrespectful to Jim. He's disrespectful for, to another coach. And I mean, I think that I think that says everything you need to say about Jim Leland. Yeah, he had, he was very loyal and he was very loyal to his coaches and a lot of his, his players. His players loved playing for him. And it was evident, too, when he retired. And Connor asked, wasn't he in a contract year? I believe I believe that was the year before his contract. It could be a contract year. I don't it would have been. It would have been arbitration. So. Arbitration. Okay. Yeah, because he was a free agent. What ninety two? He was signed. Uh, yep, ninety two. He won an MVP. Yeah. Went to the Giants. Yeah. He, the the Pirates suffered from the same issue the Tigers did, which was they just really didn't have a lights out guy on the bull. They had a really good bullpen. Stan Belinda. There's a couple guys in there. They had more of a bullpen by committee, but it wasn't really a guy with the wipeout stuff. So. But uh, let's get into we're, we'll, we'll talk winter meetings here. The Tigers, or excuse me, as we speak, winter meetings kick off technically tomorrow. But I've seen the eight where it starts today. It's supposed to be a lot of frenzy. We'll see what happens here with Shoni Otani. And there's going to be also whether the Tigers get a third baseman or not, or get another pitcher. We'll see. There's a lot of variables. And I do, I mean, Mike Doyle. In our chat, so go get Ty Glass now and a third baseman from Houston. That would be ideal. I mean, there's, there's a lot of things the Tigers can do. We'll get to that. But I wanted to play, so I was able to have some time this evening. And first and foremost, too, I want to thank everybody who reached out to me based off. My wife is recovering well. She is like Wolverine from X-Men. You wouldn't know she had a tumor removed from her brain less than a week ago. And she's recovering well. She is couch-bound and running around like I'm that's why I was a little late I've been running around and Sundays are usually reserved for bowling so it's nice to get out of the house but at the same time she's recovering well so she'll be back up at him in a few weeks so but that being said though there is like I said there is a I had a time to get some video and I wanted to play a little bit of what expect what Tiger fans should expect from Kenta Maeda as he was on with, we had a chance to, with the presser. And, you know, one of the things I took, one big takeaway I take from the presser was one of many things. Scott Boris is a video game boss. Like he just, he, he speaks in cliches and, and I, I didn't clip his stuff, but it was just hearing him talk. Just like, you know, I was talking, I was, 
you know, he name drops, you know, it's like, I was talking to uh, Spencer Druckelson, I was just having lunch, and I'm paraphrasing a little bit, but he, he yeah. sounds like a mob boss from a Scorsese movie, like, yeah, and he does, and, and speaking of that, I'll, I'll play this here. To negotiate with teams and make, make it happen, and then here I am today, so I'm very happy about that. So I think uh, props to Scott for, for, for you know, um, PRing me for all, all the all of the uh, positives that I have or that I may contribute. As you can see, <laughs> give tribute to boss, you know, boss Boris. <laughs> it's it's I, I want to know what he actually said. I wish uh, I wish there was a translator and we could. uh what he actually had to say about Scott Boris because the translators struggled there for a second to yeah. <laughs> put, put that into words. I, you know, I can't write even, it didn't occur to me that because he just, he, I didn't look at the reaction well. I was just, it was translation, but he just, yeah, he did kind of smirk a little bit, but uh, yeah. <laughs> right, Scott Boris is great at his job. I'll, I'll give him that. Yeah. And so this is my Anna talking. Post surgery, how he felt after Kobe Sab- Cody Saber he got the athletic after the question. Um, you know, early on the season, unfortunately, I got into the uh, injured list. Um, but uh, afterwards, you know, since around June, um, you know, I, I think I've come back pretty strong. Um, velocities creeped up to pre-surgery, so that's very encouraging. So uh, everything, you know, um, tracked along very well. Yeah, and it, during the interview, he was just talking about why, I mean, the Tigers, I had another clip, but for whatever reason, it won't play on, but it was basically saying that Tigers were very aggressive on, on courting him, and they he did they, they did their homework on him, and he was really, he was talking about being in the division, so having that familiarity, and also, apparently, the Tigers are big in Japan. Um you know the uh, the Tigers not having a uh, Japanese player um, for so many years. That's not really a huge factor for me. Um, but now now that I'm here, I think it's a good opportunity for uh, fans in Detroit and fans overseas in Japan to you know recognize and uh, raise awareness for Detroit and Tigers. And uh, I hope I hope all the fans will get to know the city and get to know the team. So the uh the Tigers logo on the hat and jerseys, that's a I think that's a pretty cool looking logo. And uh, you know, I think a lot of people in Japan are already wearing hats and jerseys, you know, not knowing it's a Detroit Tiger just for the looks. So it's already a thing here. That was positive to hear that too. So that was a it was a good thing there. And Stan brings up the Boris does have 150 clients that work in he I mean his operations impressive like you literally you're talking binders stacks of each player and this is my this might be for one year like you talk about binders like this thick that I got here that could be for just could be for a month probably and, but I mean to be clear it's an agency it's not like Scott Boris himself is uh running around trying to negotiate for 150 players he's just uh the figurehead yeah probably awesome. negotiating for the top players but yeah his top earners more than likely i mean there is a few there's a few tigers too i believe i think torkelson and i think there's somebody else too that just torkelson's only big name i yeah for whatever reason i thought there was somebody else too well, well actually it was spencer yeah, i'm sorry spencer Turnbull. Turnbull, yeah 
Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I got some, I, I got a question about that, about the whole Turnbull thing. We'll talk about that a little later. And then the, uh, some of the other things for the weekend and that Cameron did a really good job of capturing here on, on Twitter was Asia Hinch was on the show Foul Territory and it's got a couple of players. Is that uh, was that Todd Frazier? In- yeah, Todd yeah. Frazier, Przenski, um, Eric Kratz, who I think played with Hinch. Yeah, and then uh, and then Scott Braun from former formerly from MLB Network. Yeah. Hey, Clay. Good to see you in here. Guest on the show as well. So let's uh, let's go into a little bit of what he said as uh, we present Tiger Clips. He becomes even a better hitter. Um, you know, maybe the power's a little zapped, or maybe he's not, you know, going to play 150 plus games. But the bat quality is legit. You know, he he was nasty from the, you know the, coming off the injury, uh, going through the end of the season, and and we have a really young rotation. We have you know some innings questions going into next season, but he still misses bats. He knows how to pitch. Um, you know, we have a couple of guys on our team that have some history with him back to his Dodger days. I actually drove him around when I was in Houston. Uh, when he was coming over to sign from Japan, uh, I spent a day with him. And he's just a legit dude who, who, can, who can adapt to the style of pitching that, that he needs to. Big ballpark, good outfield defense. He still misses bats when he doesn't give up fly balls. It's like a perfect match for us. And originally he was talking about Mark Canha. Uh, originally on that first part of that clip. So then we got a really good, some audio here from AJ Hinge on staying in Detroit. And he had a, got a question that he answered spot on without any hesitation. Do you get your okay. thousandth career win as a manager, as a tiger? Yes. Yeah. hundred percent. This song is called tigers. Let's go. G G O. Come on, Tigers, let's go. 100%. Love to hear that. That's awesome. To me, that, to me, I think that just how confident you say that, it doesn't mean, oh, yeah, World Series this year or all that stuff. Right. It just means like a continuity for your players, yep. for the front office, for the fan base. All that stuff matters in yeah. a time when we're talking. All we talk about every day is who's going to go here? Who's going to go there? Yeah. Oh, we want this person. We want that person. And the Tigers have a – solid rock at their manager position. I think that's, I think that's all. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. This is, I'm lucky to be here. I, I also love what I do. I love who I, who I work with. Uh, the player banter is real. You're talking about Casey Mize. Like, I hope you guys asked him about Auburn football because I know I did. Oh about yeah. Oh yeah. After, <laughs> after they blew it. <laughs> so I, that this, these jobs are incredible. Uh, when you can get the, you know, get the ball rolling a little bit. You start getting the right people around you. Get the get the get the right the right the right culture. Everybody throws that word culture around, but when you get that right feel, like you guys have all walked in clubhouses and been like, mm, "Not great." Um, we are the opposite, and I and I think that's a good you know stable you know baseline for for what's ahead for this organization. And he's absolutely correct about that. The clubhouse is a very good atmosphere when you go in there, and so. It was good to see him on there. Uh, the Foul Territory podcast, I believe it's a podcast, so you can check it out. There's, It's a part of the Fox Sports brand podcast. So, Oh, yes. Thank you, Connor. Is uh, Scooble 
is a Boris Corp client. I knew there was one other person. I totally forgot about that. So, but let's get back to my Maeda here. And of course, there was the question was asked about whether or not that he will be helping get more Japanese players on the team. And he, of course, the question, the answer was, of course, whatever the Tigers need and what have you. But as we look at going in the winter meetings, Cameron, it, it just it seems like with as far as some of the bigger names go. You're talking about you're hearing Otani talk possibly getting six hundred million dollars. The Boston Red Sox are already out of that sweepstakes, and then it's been really where's Wanso going to be? You talk about Toronto is going to be mentioned in there, and then I don't know, like somebody asked a, a question on Twitter and about the Tigers being like the kind of dark horse, and apparently also with uh, Yamamoto who has been the Giants are just pushing hard. Apparently that he might not, he may not end up signing this week, but I don't know. There's a, there's a lot of storylines here, but let's start with as that dark horse candidate, Cameron. I mean, they honestly believe that the Tigers are going to spend. Uh, I believe Scott Harris has the permission to spend if he wants. I don't know if he's going to go as high as some people would like him on a Japanese pitcher. Um, but I think I think they're I think their hats in the ring. Um, Scott Harris hasn't tipped his cap at all, really. I don't think um, since he joined the Tigers, so it's really hard to say. I hope the Tigers are a dark horse, but I mean, outside of a few John Morosi tweets, we have nothing to really back that up. Yeah, it was to the point where when I was talking to Chris Mikowski, who's going to be on with us later this week after the winter meetings, he said that it, he's like, "There's he's just it's super quiet." And so, but as far as where Juan Soto goes, isn't it strange? We're here sitting and talking about this, that this guy, Juan Soto, is already going to be on his third team, and he hasn't reached that big contract yet, has he? Yeah, he's still arbitration, uh, and he's only, what, 25? Yeah. Like, I mean, generational <laughs> talent. Um I, I tweeted earlier this week uh, that I'd rather have the Tigers trade for Soto and sign him long-term than uh, to go after Otani. I just, I love what Juan Soto, I love what he brings. Um, and I don't, he, it seems like uh, the Yank, I wish I had the tweet pulled up, but uh, the Padres are off asking a lot for him and uh, the Yankees aren't wanting the budge. So um, I'm hoping the Tigers can maybe give the Padres a little something um, that the Yankees aren't willing to give because it seems like the Padres want a lot of arms and the Tigers have some to give out. Yeah, and the Yankees, in terms of arms, too, they are they traded quite a bit in the last couple seasons to acquire some talent. So their, their system right now is not as deep as it once was with arms. So I, I actually don't blame New York because if you look at the free agency – market right now the Yankees are pretty much as far as what you can spend on p- pitching I mean it's kind of limited on what they can do or get I mean they could get Blake Snell if it, if, who knows where the Yankees are going to go with that but it just seems like Brian Cashman and has been more reserved about he used to think like 10 it was 10 not even it was 10 years ago where the Yankees were always mentioned as a place it was always going to be the Yankees or whomever else but now it just seems like it's a lot quieter. And if they're not willing to give up those kind of prospects, yeah, the Tigers, uh, the Tigers could give. I mean, you could talk about three or four 
possibly yeah three possibly even five arms uh for Juan Soto I I do it I'd give them Matt Manning Ty Madden someone from the bullpen they want and then another someone else in AAA or AA that they want like for one year that's just for one year Juan Soto and hopes of getting to keep him for long term and I think whoever whoever pulls off this trade it's going to be like going back to like Miguel Cabrera trade, it's going to be like a blockbuster type thing. Yeah. And there's going to be a lot of, in terms of like prospects that will go back and, and if the Tigers see, the thing is, is that well, even with that one year deal, you, it's almost like your history repeats itself. Do the Tigers do another Juan Gonzalez deal? And have, I don't know about that. See, it, I remember the whole Juan Gonzalez deal when it was happening. And then I, just graduating from high school and it's just like oh it's like come on he's not gonna come here he, you could tell his body language everything he did not want to be here and i just rather the tigers if they're gonna give up prospect capital i would want reassurances that at least he's gonna sign here long term because then otherwise you waste all that depth you built up for nothing and so i guess soto is a boris client i believe um and Maybe Harris has tipped his cap a little bit, not to get into Spencer Turnbull too much, but Spencer Turnbull was uh, given a full year of service time. Um, there's logistics and stuff in that since he was supposed to be on the minor league IL and stuff, but I'm thinking the Tigers gave Bo- Boris wanted a little, little favor. So the Tigers just gave it to him in hopes of keeping Boris on their good side and being able to get the negotiations rolling on some of these better players that the Tigers actually want. I like that thinking there, Cameron. I like that. You do me a favor, I'll scratch your back, I'll scratch your back. Yeah, I could see that because this is a completely different negotiation staff with Harris and compared to speaking to Al Avila. So, yeah, I could – you want to get off to a good start with that too. So, the other – as far as what the, the Tigers need to address, of course, the there's rumors now that – Isaac Paredes is on the trade block, which, yeah, strange things have happened. I know Tiger fans maybe may want that, may not. I don't know. I'm going to ask, I'll ask everybody who's in YouTube this evening, do you, would you like to see Isaac Paredes back in a Tiger's uniform? And uh, actually, I should start a poll for that, but yeah. I'll I'll go first, if you don't mind. Yeah, go for it. I love Paredes. Uh, I was pretty skeptical of the trade when it happened. Um, I thought Paredes was always a guy where if you gave him, if you actually gave him some playing time, you didn't play him three times a week. If you gave him actual at-bats, he would be able to come around and prove himself. And he's kept that high OBP while hitting homers. And if you look at his baseball savant, it may not be the prettiest, but he uh, – he has the same approach that uh, Torkelson started taking halfway through the year uh, where anything inside he's pulling it and it's going 400 feet. And then he's also got good enough plate discipline where if you don't throw him something, he wants to pull 400 feet, he'll go ahead and take his walk. So, and then you can pencil him in third base, second base, first base. Um, He played all over for the Rays. So, but then again, you're trading with the Rays. So what do the Rays know that, Everyone else doesn't. Yeah. And in some cases, the Tigers, there's some people that could be so involved with the Tigers that know something about Paredes, too. There's a couple stories that are heard around there, too. And, yeah, and Tyler brings up a good point in our YouTube chat here is that Paredes has also benefited from that very short porch at the drop in left field. Definitely. 
I did uh, I did look at his X home runs. Um, and if you played every game at Comerica Park, he'd have 30 home runs last year, one less than what he actually had. So I don't even know if it's short porching it in left field. I think uh, I think when he gets a hold of it, they're they're no doubters. Especially I remember when he was in the Tigers uniform guaranteed right field. Those couple that he did hit the left. I mean, they were were absolute bombs. There was just not ways of pitches. And then there's Matt Chapman. Now there is a see the thing with Matt Chapman is <laughs> there's kind of I, I think that people there's some fans out there that want Matt Chapman because he fills the void and he's 30 years old and would be a good five six more player on a team and it would be an automatic upgrade. However, how much money does Matt Chapman want? How much he's going to command? Those factors play into it, and you also have with as far as Matt Chapman goes, you have a couple of situations where he's a right-handed bat, which is perfect because the Tigers do need some more right-handed power. So they don't have any right, uh, some more thump in their in the right side. But then there's the issue of Colt Keith and 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 Justin Henry Loy, and also with Chase Young. And look, honestly, I'll, I'll just say this: Colt Keith is not going to play unless unless they totally complete change course. If you look at the last month of the season in Toledo, Keith primarily played second. For whatever reason, Malloy started playing the outfield again when he was told he was going to play third. That being said, there's no – and you're playing young in the Arizona Fall League to see what he has at third. And he wanted the best defensive player at second base in the Midwest League. So it is a conundrum of sorts because the Tigers, I think – really have a couple players that don't fit that. And as far as Paredes goes, no, I, I, I'll, I'll pass on Paredes. Just that's my two cents on it. But Cameron, I'll ask you, would you, would you go ahead and make a play for Matt Chapman? Uh, no, I think I've said it before that it's uh, as a good chance of turning into Javi Baez 2.0, where he's great defensively. He'll put up one, one and a half war just on his defense alone. But uh, after his hot start in April of having a 140 OPS, the rest of the year he hovered around an 85 OPS. Um, And then just browsing the Blue Jays subreddit, a lot of people were upset when he came up in clutch situations. He'd either strike out or roll over. So I I just don't like Matt Chapman long-term, and he'll want a long-term contract. I'm – I'm looking at a Isak Paredes or Jamer Candelario type where if Jace Young is ready to come up and prove himself that I have no problem giving him that bats and put the paid player getting rep somewhere else. Well, I mean, there's people the reason why would somebody would want to sign Matt Chapman fans is because he's a name and he's a proven commodity. You know, there's a lot of things we could say about that, but I, I would again. I would pass on that too. Maybe I would love a Candelario reunion, but I think that ship has sailed. Unfortunately, based off with the Tigers, the way that the whole situation ended at, at the end of his career here in Detroit, so or his time here rather. So I don't know. Like it, it would that would be nice, but I again, I think also it could come via trade. I think there's. I've been saying this for a while, and I'm gonna continue to say this. I think there's gonna be some sort of project prospect trade with the tigers i don't know what i mean they can go multiple directions you've seen the cardinals 
have signed Kyle Gibson. There have been room to get more pitching. So do you trade your trade capital, the Cardinals, for some offensive firepower? Do you make that Gorman trade? There's there's a lot of again, but we have no earthly no earthly clue what Harris is gonna do. None. He, he could I, I will say this. You could there's three things we can recognize. You can tell me if I'm right or wrong about this. One, he likes players that play multiple positions. That's just a fact. Two, the control the strike zone philosophy sticks with it with an iron fist. So players that fit that mold. If they don't, he's not interested. And three, I really think he has no, I don't want to say loyalty, but he doesn't really, I think he's willing to trade anybody he can, whomever it may be, to get, I mean, we, we saw this We saw this earlier with Blake Holcomb. He was, had a really good year. Tigers trade him, no doubt. But I think the Tigers in the past, would have not done the same thing. Tigers would have, the Tigers loved hanging on the prospects for way too long. So I don't think, I think that those three things to me seem like the most clearest. Alex Berman would be nice, but I just don't see Houston. Yeah. I think Houston would want a lot for him, even with yeah. just one year left. Um, Cause they're still in a competitive window. They want to win. Um, I don't know that Mark Canna trade. It happened what middle of the day on like a Tuesday, like, yeah. and no beat reporter had it or anything. Just the Tigers official account came out and, hey, we got Mark Canna. And I'd be on the lookout for something like that again in the next three days, like just some random trade um, that we didn't expect, hopefully for a third baseman. Yeah. I think they go to the NL for that. I think they make a – I think an NL team just seems like it's most logical decision here where the Tigers would go. Also, I mean, if you look at teams like the Cardinals, the Brewers, they have a lot of trade capital to go with. And so, but as far as Isaac Pacheco, Stan did ask a question in here. We got some questions too on Twitter we'll get to, but this one seems fitting to what we're, what's going on. Parker Meadows started his aggressive ascent from Detroit to, from West Michigan. Do you think, do we either think that Isaac Pacheco has the same potential? I give him another year to figure it out. He's still very young. I think Pacheco defensively was fine. It's just last year he looked a little overwhelmed with things like when a lot of times when pitchers would go up inside, they were able to jam him pretty easily. He hit some really bad at bats, not gauge workman like at bats, but there's some bats where um, he definitely looked a little overmatched. And towards the end of the season, it was picking up a little bit, but I, I think I think he starts in West Michigan again, and I think if he continues to work, I mean, he's working on a swing. I think he, I think by the middle of the summer, if he gets off to a hot start, I think by middle of summer you could see him in Erie. But it really it really depends on how he starts. I just I see him maybe another year away from being considered maybe on the upper part of the prospect level, but that's just me. Yeah, I mean, I agree. We just we have to remember development is always linear, and sometimes they have to take a step back to take two two steps forward. What would it take to get Corbin Burns? Uh, I'd rather just go get Woodruff and let him rehab yeah. for the year. 
especially with the way the Tigers have changed their medical staff. I'd be interested to see that. So that's what I, I mean, I think it'd be a perfect, like, can we take this pitcher who's, who is an elite pitcher who's injured and can we keep him elite or make him even better after injury? It'd be a great test to have. And he's injured. So he probably isn't now's the time to get him before he comes back and hopefully shows out. Yeah, there's a, and there's also, we're going to also get to the zip project projections too. So we'll get the zips because that was happening earlier. That happened, what, fr- was that Friday or? Uh, yeah, Thursday, Friday. Yeah, Thursday, Friday. We'll get to that. But as far as anything else to go, I mean, like I said, what the, what's the average age in high A? I think it's, I want to say 21, but I'm not 100% about that. Double check that or crack research department yeah. on that. So, but lastly, I'll, I'm going to non tiger related. Are the dot, like some of these big market teams have also been very quiet. So my, my, I'll have a, I'll have, I'll have a two questions for you, Cameron. One, do you think a big market team is going to do anything major? And two, are the Baltimore Orioles going to do anything like, or, or going to attempt to do anything in this off season? Uh, Unlike uh, where I think Scott Harris has permission to spend, um, but may not want to, I think the Baltimore Baltimore Orioles don't have permission to spend, but really want to, because, uh, I mean, everything their owner has said and done in the past year has been, like, anti-Oriole. Ari said he doesn't want to lock up their young core long-term, so... I don't see the I don't see the Orioles doing anything unless it's a trade. I don't see them signing some big free agent. Um, the Dodgers, on the other hand, I think they're waiting for Shohei Otani to make a decision before they start going out. I think I think their only thing they've done is Joe Kelly, oh, and Jason Hayward. So they're waiting to spend big money after Otani makes his decision. Is it bad that I didn't remember the Jason? I I was shocked that Jason Hayward was still in the league. Yeah, he – I mean, he had a good year last year. I think he was like two-and-a-half, three-war player with the Dodgers, and I guess that's what the Dodgers do. They take uh, take old guys and somehow make them viable again. Yeah, there – we saw that happen with the – I'm trying to think of – no, I was thinking of uh, – I was thinking of Carpenter, but he was with the Yankees when we had, this, had success. But, no, it's like – I said, I – uh, I'm, I'm going to make, okay, so my crystal ball prediction, I'm going to make my official crystal ball. The Yankees have, uh, yeah, we Brad Osmus in there. All right, so my crystal ball prediction, am I missed, I'm going to say the Tigers make a trade and sign at least one player. I know that sounds like a lame prediction, but I think there's going to be some, some sort of action happening. Major Cameron, league player. Yeah, major league player. Oh. Well, yeah, major. Okay, so yeah, let me let me clear that up. They're going to use their minor league capital to trade for a major league player. That's again, that sounds very generic, but I mean, if you want me more, be more specific, it's going to be an NL team. I'd be be surprised. You know what? There we go. Bring us like Shota Yamada would be awesome. That's would be awesome. That I would love that. That would be Connor. Look right here, dude. That is what I want. I would love for that to happen because 
there's been rumors the Tiger Show are pursuing him really hard. Yeah, my crystal ball prediction is uh, very into the winter meetings at some point. All the beat reporters are all of a sudden like, oh, the Tigers are in. The Tigers are in on whatever Japanese pitcher. I think, uh, I guess John, or yeah, John Morosi has already reported a little bit, but I think like Passan or Rosenthal, they might, uh, they might start seeing that the Tigers are connected to something. And then I think I'm going to keep saying it until it happens. I think Akil Badu gets traded. I think, uh, like he's off to a better, better team. I like B. Foss is actually spot about this too. Good call, dude. I forgot about that. That's he's talking about time men being a lot of mock trades. That is good call. Definitely good call. You could definitely see that happening. Madden had a really good year. Then he had a really good end to the season at Erie and was money. And once he started locating his fastball better on lefties, it really helped. Yamamoto, Broder, yeah, look, the dream is Yamamoto, but I, I just see him going to San Francisco or some big market like that. I, I would love for that to happen, but, uh, you know, this right here, actually, this isn't bad either from Tyler. Uh, sign Shota, Jordan Hicks, trade for J.D. Davis, and sign a lefty reliever. I will say Tyler has been on the J.D. Davis train, conducting that train for a long time now. Um, there's no way. There's no way Scott Harris is that active during the winter meetings. Yeah. I mean, I think I think one trade drains them. I mean, you saw him during the whole trade deadline when it didn't happen, and you just saw him, like, just look a little pale on that. So We have a – there's a GM now, so hopefully. Yeah. I You know what's, you know what's bad is I can't remember his name off the top of my head right now. Jeff Greenberg? John Greenberg? Jeff – I think it's Jeff Greenberg. Okay. I believe it is. Look, I'd like to trade – yeah, the, the Badu to the New York does feel like a good fit. It does. So there's yeah there's a lot of things that could happen this week but I'm if you guys your crystal ball predictions on the YouTube chat please leave them there Broder give me your come on oh and I, I have something for uh, there's some this is for what <laughs> for Michigan fans by the way I didn't say this but AJ Hinch has had a message for the state of Michigan real quick so are you a Michigan or Michigan State fan uh, football wise now. Man, you are this, so you're gonna get me hated by half. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can. Hey, just you, you just go with, with no who, comment. Who you, yeah, you can say yeah. no comment. So He's no, no, I'm not gonna no comment. You kidding me? I'll, I'll give you a good comment. So my first day on the job as a Tigers manager three years ago was Michigan, Michigan State Day, and Ooh. they asked me that, like, hey, who's gonna win? Now, I'm not. I, I did no comment that day because I'm like, you guys might not like me yet. You at least gotta get in front of you a little bit. Um, we are go blue on our staff because of Chris Fetter and Michael Bedar, uh, two ex Michigan alums, uh, both coached there, both, both, um, played there. They, they're, they love their life. So I'm, I'm pro Harbaugh, I'm pro Michigan. That doesn't make me anti-Spartan like Michigan state. We still love you when you come to tiger games, but, um, we're rooting for Michigan this weekend. And there you go. So. Leave it at that. All right. So zip predictions. The Fangraphs does a really good job with their zip predictions. We were trying to get Dan Soprowski of Fangraphs on, but he's been a little busy. He actually said he might join us next week. So we'll see. Hopefully we will able to nail him down. But so as far as the pitching prop, as far as pitching, how it looks for zip 
it's a prediction series. I pull up the screen. Let's see here. That video, by the way, t- that was made on over the weekend. So he was on the podcast, what, Friday or Saturday? So that was that was from the Friday or Saturday's Foul Territory podcast. Let's see here. So let's go into the zip predictions here. And here's how the Tigers fare for 2024. What was interesting was the what I what was encouraging here was Sarah Gibson Long and contributing at a 1.3 war. But right here, Cameron, Jason Foley, who's been was pretty money. His K per nine goes down a little bit and just doesn't seem like he looks like he struggles a little bit. Yeah, I thought that was a little weird. Um, Jason Foley does have a good BABIP, so maybe they're expecting some BABIP regression. But he's still an elite ground ball pitcher, so I still think he outperforms those numbers um, pretty well. Um, I wish I had enough room to add innings pitch to this um, because, like, they expect Schoolbold to only pitch 107 innings, um, possibly have injury trouble again. Um, So that's why he's only at 2F war. And then I was kind of surprised by Mize. Um, his one full healthy season was well better than that. So um, I guess I hope Mize comes back uh, and from injury. Well, but yeah. Um, high. I think uh, Zimborski even said that uh, this is a high ceiling um, pitching staff. So he, I think he himself expects them to allow them to outperform these numbers. Yeah, I think so too. And in terms of historically speaking, how accurate they are, Stan, they usually would, it, would it be fair to say, Cameron. They're they, the they're the projections yeah. I like the most. They're yeah, they're. I don't want to say they're on the money, but I think they're the most realistic. Yeah, they're yeah. Def, I would yeah. I was gonna say realistic, and something that you can not exactly hang your hat or exactly count on per se, but there are pretty close in most, most of the time. So, but it is a fun exercise to always look at too, because Fangrass does a really good job with their data. And so we go into the hitters and here's how the Tigers were fared here. Riley green hitting 268, 336 and 438 with an OPS plus of 115. I like that. So Troublesome take another step forward. Kerry Carpenter taking a little. Also, you got to consider though, F War does um, there's a factor playing the field, correct? With F War, yeah, the they'll they'll hit people pretty hard for their defense with yeah, um, Fangrass. So, and then you, you see Justin Hemmerloy up here, and this seems to me pretty accurate. All things considering, I think there's gonna be an adjustment for him. The Parker Meadows one looks kind of. Yeah. So as far as predictions go, Stan, in terms of division predictions, I don't think anybody I, I, I want to see one I want to see one website that gets that right consistently. And yeah, Zips was they were pretty spot on in 22 for the Tigers, but 23 they had the Tigers fourth right above yeah. K- Casey. Um and then Chicago ended up being way worse than they expected, so the win-loss totals are always a crapshoot, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I will I concur with that. 
And yeah, so that's how some of the hitters will fare for the Tigers. I think the what's what's promising on that list too was as far as production goes. I mean, Javier Baez, it's but, the two thirty six doesn't look good, but I I think that the the the, the glove will play well. But again, I what's encouraging is what you see from Mark. Um, they Can't expect Mark Canna to yeah. be just as good as uh, uh, Gary Carpenter with the bat, which uh, we'll see. Um, I mean, the bias thing, at least he's 20 points higher in OPS+. Plus. Um, the thing that surprised me is uh, they expect Jake Rogers to regress immensely. I think uh, Rogers ended with a 98 OPS+, plus, but uh, was had, what, 21 homers? Um I guess uh, I guess Rogers lives and dies by the strikeouts, but I don't see him striking out that much to bring his OPS down by 15, 20 points. Yeah, I mean he's supposed to be seeing a he's supposed to be working on that this off season. So again, if if anything's a little better than what he did, like he did a little bit in just micro improvements, be fine. And yes, Todd, I was avoiding bringing him up because you look at the numbers and it's just like, eh, boy, but. Four more years. Uh, <laughs> he, uh, I think, uh, I think, that, I think he'll be better this year just for the fact that he'll get to bat seventh in the lineup. Um, he doesn't have to try and worry about carrying Torkelson and Green and hitting in the middle and trying to be productive. He can just do his thing in the bottom of the lineup, and then we already know he's valuable in the field. So, I'm expecting yeah. a two-war season. People forget that he is actually, for all the complaining about the former years and all the bitching, he does have a good glove. And again, I honest question, who's going to replace him at short right now eternally? There's no, they have no options. I mean, you can talk about, you can talk about me with any Eddie's Leonard, but I never see him more in the outfield and shortstop wise, he made a couple, I went back and double checked some of his numbers in Toledo in terms of playing the field. There's some little bit of struggles there in playing the field, but um, I do. So Tyler brings up a really good idea here with uh, Elon Marcata. Remaining contract for the next two years to hold things down. Uh, I don't even know how good he is at third base, um, but nah, I mean, will the White Sox even do that? Do they want to trade in, in division? <laughs> And then I think Young is closer than we expect. Um, again, I don't. I think uh, part of the foul territory interview, Hinch even said like we're not going to sign players that will block our young prospects. Hinting they're not going to block Colt Keith and Jace Young. So I think they're really just looking for someone who can play the position for eighty games until Jace Young is hopefully ready. So there again, yeah, I, I I think that if the Tigers do make a trade, it's gonna be a, if it's gonna make a trade for a positional player, it's gonna be somebody who's going to fulfill a void that definitely needs to be in terms of just a long term position player. I think that that's where they're gonna add, and they're gonna try to add players that can that can help them long term too. So if they're gonna investor pro- trading in their prospect capital. I just see that happening where, uh, you know, it, as far as getting a player back, the Tigers that fits that Scott Harris mold, 
I so. I think they have to feel confident in like their third base that they want long term. I don't I don't think you're confident with Yohan Wakanda. I mean, I think he's been worse and worse the past three years. Like he isn't improving, and he's still relatively young. So to see him drop off like he has the past few years doesn't give me hope for his future. Yeah, and Makata too. Don't correct. Me, I I sometimes see him struggle with like the routine play. Just a, like a routine ground ball, it just seems like there's a mental error where he just doesn't feel it cleanly. And then every once in a while, he'll make a really good play where you're like, "Damn!" But I think some of the and and Stan brings up a good point about the the poison locker environment. I think goes uh, the whole White Sox organization as a whole is a mess, and I think. Even with Chris Gatz being the new man in charge, I don't know how much more it's going to change. <laughs> like, I really, honestly, I just don't see much will change on that. We'll, but we'll see. But we did, uh, we did get a couple questions on Twitter, and we'll get to anybody else's questions here before we get out of here. Pat wanted talked about the thoughts on Detroit's viability as a dark horse for a top tier free agent in this class, and I mentioned that question earlier and it's a good question pat and thank you for sending it in on twitter or x whatever i personally don't i personally think the tigers are playing in terms of their among their division they're already the most aggressive yeah i think they have a plan they're gonna stick with it the white Sox hasn't the white Sox haven't really done nothing the twins haven't really twins are cutting salary who knows what the hell's Kansas city's doing and as far as cleveland goes they didn't spend last year. I don't see it happening again this year. I mean, they got Bell. They got Josh Bell at the time, but that was more of a that was a trade. Was that a trade? I believe no, no, no. It was a signing, but they got signing. rid of him already. So like, yeah. It's plus Terry Francona's gone. So yeah. I mean, hopefully, the, hopefully they're not running into another Brad Osmus type situation over there where uh, they completely uh, fail after. Getting rid of Francona, but uh, like, but I guess uh, I, I see why not. Why can't the Tigers win the AL Central this next year, especially if the Twins are cutting payroll and they're the only ones to make moves, like you said? So, and Stephen Voigt, no offense to Stephen Voigt or anything, but you're replacing a legend, and yeah, you're right. The uh, is he, I could totally see the Brad Ausmus effect going in there in the Cleveland. I mean, Cleveland, Terry Francona. You talk about how they say, like, sometimes you hear when people say managers don't make a difference. Francona did. He, I mean, he got the most out of everybody, every position he had. And so, yeah, the fact they won't spend either doesn't help Cleveland anything in the offseason. Uh, from Delhi and NGBs, will the Tigers add any bats? Or are we gambling on rookies to fill a couple spots? And two, what are you guys watching for the next 116 days? Don't say the Pistons. <laughs> I haven't watched a single Pistons game this year, thank God. Um, haven't even seen a highlight, I think. Um, in terms of, I think they'll add one more vet bat that uh, that doesn't get anyone excited. But, uh, yeah, they'll, they'll add another vet bat. I think in terms of adding a bat, I think it will come via trade. And as far as Pistons go, yeah, I, I'm with you, Cameron. I haven't watched a single clip. I, I, I'm, psh, look, I've had a cover. I've been covering the Tigers here for the last decade, or I mean, I've been watching Tigers baseball all my life. 
and the good part of the 90s they were bad i don't want to watch her <laughs> i can't do it i can't i can't do it and i've been watching the wings actually i've been watching the red wings here and there but really what i've been watching a lot of has been just movies i haven't seen like i always make a point to jot down movies or shows that i miss during summertime because during the summertime i rarely watch tv i'm either at a game or writing about the game or doing something um yeah, so I'll, there's more likely I'll be working on we're working on a top 30 list here shortly for the Tiger Miami Report. So I'll be working on that. Let's see. Um, I'm actually traveling, I think, in February. I'm supposed to go to Tacoma for my other for my day job. So we'll see. But uh, other than that, yeah, my 116 days. The line, yeah, the lines are 9-3. So I'll probably enjoy some football. Michigan's playing the Rose Bowl against Alabama, which will get smoked. You know, it's not mince words here because that's what's going to happen. So, what I know, there's plenty of. There's also what else yeah, is going on. I, if you need TV recommendations, just hit me up on Twitter. I got, I got yeah. hundreds. I watch too much TV. Yeah, you know what? I've been watching the uh, Righteous Gemstones. Yeah, I haven't watched a new season, so I'm behind on that. And yeah, there's 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 a lot to get to. So I just watched the Richard, the Little Richard documentary on HBO Max. That was or Max now, whatever that was. It was pretty good. And I've been watching a show called American Monster. So that was. Yeah, so I got plenty. Yeah, I'm. I got plenty to get to with that as well. Um, from Brooke Haymaker, are the women's used to push previous talked about trades to the finish line, or is this more of a place where deals are created out of thin air? Brock, that's a very good question. I think it's more of it's a little bit of column A and column B. I think that there there are deals that are do come out of air, uh, thin air. But there's also maybe they the revisiting a talk that they had before. We saw this. Uh, we saw this a couple times where, and and I will say there's one thing about Harris too, Cameron. I forgot to mention this. They have there. There's certain players they have earmarked they like. I mean, what happened with the trade, the Phillies, with they when the trading for their infield prospect, and I'm trying to remember. I'm drawing a blank now. Last um, name Lee. That's all. Lee. I remember. Yeah, yeah. For Lee. They liked Lee, and they inquired about him before during the whole Nick Maton deal. So they might have a couple guys that they're already kind of looking at too. Billy Billy's Bible Bonkers. I got. I can't. I can't wait to watch that show. The the last season, the way Eric Andre dies in that show is phenomenal. I love that show. I love anything that 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 the whole cast is fantastic. Anyway, neither you're there. But yeah, I think it's like a little bit of column A, column B with that. So it's just a place where everyone is at one time. So I think you have a mixture of both because you have all parties there to talk about things. Yeah. By the way, uh, one last uh, righteous gemstones reference. Ah, my back. I say that all the time. It's a it's a constant. My brother and I say it to each other all the time. What's wrong today? Ah, my back. All right. Anyway, so as far as the what is left to talk about here? I mean, there's, yeah. So kick it off tomorrow. We'll be, if any breaking news happens, you know, we'll be all over it. And then as far as this week goes, when we'll be talking, hopefully to Chris McCoskey at the end of the week, towards the end of the winter meeting. So we'll, we'll recap that. If any action happens, like I said, we'll be on top of it. And I'm trying to think of what else. And I, I hope there is, I really hope there is because I would like for the, the Tigers to continue this building this momentum of 
acquiring players, building out roster. The, the like they, the Jason Benatendi stuff has been good. There's a lot of good news involved in the Tigers, and it's not just us being blowing smoke up people's butts. It's legit. It's it's almost like you're they've been building a puzzle, and we're finally getting towards the end of the puzzle where we're seeing where everything fits in together and. Uh, last winter meetings was just what Joe Jimenez for Justin Henry Malloy. So I'm just hoping maybe something bigger than that to talk about this year. Yeah. And we'll, like I said, we'll keep you posted and we'll let you know what's going on. And as far as the minor league report goes, we'll start our rankings of the top 30 re-rankings. And by the end of the month, we will also have our new top 30 for sure. And we did the top five games of the minor league season. Number four is going to drop in this week, but number five was Lakeland coming back, almost beating Bradenton in a wild game where Bradenton at one point was up 14, nothing. And the flying Tigers stormed all the way back. So a lot of people think the Tigers are going to win the division this year. We'll see that again, crystal ball predictions. I think this week will be a big indication of how it fares. We'll see how it goes. So, I, I, again, I think they're a little bullish on Keith and, and prospects, but we can talk about that another time. So, thank you for watching us this evening live. We appreciate it. And if you're listening at home on the podcast, please leave us a review and let us know what you think. And also, please, if you want to, we have a PayPal link on our description. If you like donating a few bucks to the show, it's going towards spring training because we have to start thinking about that and costs for next year. So, and if you go to our minor league report site, there's something you can buy shirts, anything that you can do to support the site. We really appreciate it. So thank you so much for watching and for myself and Cameron, do you have any final words, Cameron? Uh, Packers are still somehow winning. Wow. Yeah. Wow. 2119. Good, good, good night for you. Yeah. Good night for you. But yeah, Patrick Mahomes sounds more and more like a Muppet character. Every time I hear him talk. Yeah. I, <laughs> Um, Whoa! I've had enough of his commercials. Whoa! Wait a minute here. Well, that breaking news here: Braves just acquired Jared Kelenic. Man, Atlanta's a machine. Wow! What are the Mariners doing? I guess Jared <laughs> Kelenic, like he had a great first half and kind of tapered off during the second half. But Suarez, no Kelenic. I mean. Your competitive windows right now. What the heck? Yeah, I mean, I know Justin Hollander uh, is the Mariners GM now, but is Jerry Deep DePito still making the trades or? No idea. Oh wow! All right. So, on that note, that's a good way to end the podcast. But like I said, if anything Tiger related, we'll let you know. Have a good week, everybody. We'll talk to you soon. Yeah, what is he?